I mean, I think the riders now are more dedicated than we've ever seen in the sport. I mean, they're training, they're moving to Florida in the winter. They're investing a lot of time and effort into their program and hiring video videographers and photos. And, you know, it's just a lot's going into it. And a lot of teams are, they just don't see the value and where the series is at right now. And Episode 159, Tank Slap and Pod. Got a mixed pod for you guys today. We're going to chat a little bit about the rules that came out or lack of rules or whatever we want to call it for the 2024 <laughs> season. Uh, we're going to talk a little, bit, um, a little bit about the silly season stuff and just get a pod out there. Uh, we just had a couple of really good interview podcasts with Chad Coase and Aaron King. Those, are, those were awesome. It was cool to get back to the interview pods. Uh, we have a Patreon podcast coming up here in the very near future on wheels, tires, cutting tires, treating tires, liners, water tires, air pressure. We're going to do everything about wheels and tires. I probably should have split those two up, but we're probably going to just loop them together on one podcast, try to get somebody on and discuss the different tire brands, et cetera. So if you haven't uh, jumped on Patreon yet, go subscribe to that. The link is on is on our social media pages. I keep sharing them, but if you need the link, hit me up. It's $10 a month. We're doing two podcasts, at least two podcasts regarding bike setup, social media, training, marketing, uh, suspension, wheels, you know, all different types of topics that we're going to take really deep dives into those topics. So we got that coming up here in the near future, but figured we'd jump on here and do a quick quick pod it's a saturday morning actually um it's it's supposed to rain here all day so i don't have much going on today eric but you're on the other side of the mic as always you're in minneapolis i am i'm stranded in minneapolis it's uh not by choice traveling for work and then there's some weather up here on a connecting flight so um spending the day here and uh, i've got to get back today my kid's got his last outdoor race so the the mother-in-law's in town and trying to ask a, you know, 60 something year old to get the kids out to the track is, uh, um, an exercise in patience. So oh, wow. I got to hurry up and get back so they can uh, be out there. Um, Hunter, his friend is a point behind. He's got to win to, uh, he's got to win the race to win the championship and Oliver locked his up, but, uh, a lot on the line. So that'll be, it'll be a lot of, a lot of pulling hairs trying to get out there today. Lot on the line, baby. You gotta win those yeah. those, those uh Spokane titles, man. That's uh yes, it's it, it's crazy how how big like in the moment stuff like that is, and then literally in three, four years, it's just you, you yeah. don't you just no one remembers it. But in the moment it's <laughs> it's stuff so important. Like I just even with like the horizon award and stuff like that, it's it's every kid's that's all they think about and train for, and then literally the next year it's old news um you're you know that's why i tell evan i'm like dude you're either gonna win like going into it this year i'm like you're either gonna win it or you're not uh either way it doesn't matter if you don't win it it's all good if you win it that little globe trophy is just gonna collect us in your your you know your house for years to come so uh yeah man that's that's uh that's interesting that's cool though that she's gonna take him and try to get him ready while you uh make your way over there i've 
Amber's done similar things. Well, Amber's not 60 years old, but she's taken a cruise race in a while. <laughs> well, I've been, uh, I've been doing other events and stuff as well, but yeah, dude. So there's a lot to talk about on this pod. Um, kind of, I guess a lot ish, but I want to make sure we shout out the sponsors that make it happen. want to make sure we shout out mission foods, bell power sports, Yamaha motorsports and Yamaha racing, any motorcycle, Moto America, Dunlop motorcycle tires, Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas. Make sure you hit up these sponsors and just thank them for supporting the podcast. Give them a follow on social media. Big, big thank you to Mission Foods for being our title sponsor. They do so much for the sport, keeping our podcast going week in and week out. And yeah, we're just really grateful for their support. Uh, Yeah, I guess let's get into the rules package. Or Dude, it was literally, I didn't even know what it was because it's just, it's like, one yeah. short little email on changes so which in in some regard it's good not changing yep. a bunch of rules year after year but personally everything i thought that needed changes needed changed it, it didn't get changed and the stuff that i thought didn't got changed so um i mean i don't i don't punch my time card in at american flat track so it doesn't really matter what i think but it's just interesting to kind of see these rules and it's cool. They got them out. Like I said, I think, I think the rules package needs to come out in July or August. I mean, what they just changed, like what, what there's no reason that couldn't have came out earlier in the year to prepare (laughs) for what, what we're doing. Um, The schedule is harder. Like I still, it'd be nice to have a schedule at this point. They finished a month and a half ago or give or take man. Um, but I get the schedule side of it. It is hard to to finagle a schedule, but at this point, we 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 need a schedule. Um, yeah, we just need it. We need a schedule. But as far as the rules packages go, man, I I don't know what what are your early thoughts on that? And we will break it break it down a little bit more. Well, we'll we'll you know the easy one first. Like we both, everyone in the sport has been talking about how how vital the number plate rule change is. There's nothing that's more uh, crucial to, you know, the well-being of our sport than to outlaw JD Beach and Brandon Price's number plates. They were far too flamboyant. Uh, They were a distraction and a danger to the racers. So I'm glad that they uh, are changing those number plates because now there's going to be parity amongst all of the brands and people are going to be able to get those Kawasaki's out of the garage now that you have to have a black number on your uh, number plate. So thank God they changed that. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, they are, they, they got a little carried, carried away. Like Brandon Price's number plate was, it was cool when you're like walking by it, but it, it does yeah. get, it gets hard. I mean, I guess it's not a big deal for me. Cause I, when when they ride by i can you could shadow out every rider and i would know who they are just from the riding style um when i look at t-shirts and they change the rider number and they put like a generic one or i don't know like 23 for the year or whatever i can tell exactly exactly what rider they pulled that photo from i mean there's been a quite a few of me where i'm like oh fuck that's me on that shirt (laughs) but it's not you know they like change my number but yeah i i just don't think that's a big deal um like in MotoGP and stuff like that, they all have, they all have fancy colors and numbers and uh, with transponders and stuff like that. It's not like we're scoring these riders. So either way, I, I don't exactly. think this is a big deal really. Um, 
it's it's not a big deal, I guess. But it's just one of those rules where they gave us two years of branding, you know, with with our numbers and colors. And now now we have to change it. And I just don't see the big reason for it. Um, if you can't read the numbers and, you know, you're 80 years old and you're trying to read the numbers, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's I guess that that's a problem, but there's only 12 fucking twins out. Th- no, I mean, there's more than that, but it's not hard to figure out what rider is due to be honest, but I don't know. Yep. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just reading this. And then it says number plates cannot be louvered, louvered or perforated. <laughs> the design dimensional area for numbers and mandatory display of series and or class logos must remain smooth and legible. <laughs> I don't know, so, man. I well, just, that we're now sitting around for months, and then this is the this is one of the three rules they come up with. It's like, it's like, oh, we didn't change that. You know, we don't we don't have anything really to report, but let's change the numbers and just. I don't I don't know, dude. It's, it's just fun. so I got a question on that one. That's gonna it, it's gonna come across dumb, but I just I, it's the first thing I thought about. So a lot of the times, I feel like some of the four fifties will have perforated number plates for like more airflow. Is that rule pertaining to that where they can't, you know, have a perforated, you know, plastic on the side of their, uh, well, no, this is, this is, no, this is a super twins rule. It's in the super twins section. And okay, if you, depending on how you mount the front number plate, you know, the, the hardware on the back or how you mount it, you can sort of bend the plate back or sometimes it'll like okay. bow out forward if you mount it shitty. Mm-hmm. And I guess they don't want that. I know some of these custom bikes too, that they're building this, this custom glass that they're putting on the bikes. Sometimes they can come off more aerodynamic, but dude, I, I mean, how much does that make a difference in flat track for yeah. something like this? I don't, I don't think it, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. Technical people. It makes some difference, but I don't think it's a deal breaker, but yeah, I mean, that's, I know like Johnny Lewis on the Royal infield, he had really small number plates on the side where you're supposed to have wider plates or something. And I think he, they got asked to change them at some point, but I don't know, man, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't think that's a big deal. The four fifties, they have to run stock front plates. So, and stock side plates. So I don't think that don't think it matters on that. Well, let me just, I'll throw this one at you. When we were sitting at Daytona at round one, did you think we would be doing a podcast on fucking number plates? <laughs> no, I thought that ship has sailed. I thought we already talked about that. And yeah. I just didn't think it's a, it's a big deal, but either way, it's not, either way, it's not a huge deal. I mean, I, I get it. Um, I think the fans, you know, some of them, they, they can't see while they're on the track. I think watching on TV, everything's fine because the, you know, you can see it better with the camera angles, but I think the fans, all 30 fans that come to the track now, I think watching at the track, they, they want to have better, better visibility, but yeah, dude, it's, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm to be fair guys on this pod. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little going to be a little negative, more negative than normal. <laughs> I don't know if that is how I am normally. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm fair, honestly, in a lot of things that I don't over overly complain or bitch about things. I try to look at things from both sides of the of the deal, but there comes a time when you're just sort of you just sort of over it. Like you have to speak. I mean, I'm always going to speak how I feel. And man, I'm just like frustrated with with a lot of this stuff. Um, 
going on right now in the sport. And there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that a lot of you guys don't see or realize. There's there was big news that dropped yesterday that I'm not gonna not gonna mention um, any specifics, but there's a really big AFT singles team that is, uh, from what I've heard, they're not going racing next year. So, um, yeah, it, it's just a, a really hard time. Um, a, a lot of the big singles teams are cutting down their roster. A lot of yeah, a lot of really good riders in that singles class aren't going to have. They're not going to be on the same teams as as they were this year, and a lot less riders and mechanics and workers are going to be they're not going to be making money. Like a lot of them lost their jobs because a lot of the teams are cutting down and we don't have a schedule. We don't, I mean, I just, I just don't understand a lot that's going on. It's mainly sad. Like I'm, I'm, I'm bummed out. Um, you know, I don't, I don't race in the series, but I have a lot of friends and family and, you know, people I train, people I've coached, people I invest in. And it's just, I just, yeah, I'm going to probably bitch a lot on this podcast, but, um, yeah, and I know people. I'm give here me, for you, Corey. Yeah, people give me shit. Oh, they want you bitch more on your podcast. Like, fuck off, dude. Like, you don't have to listen. Um, you know, if you want, you want, want honesty, or you want some behind the scenes stuff, then, then tune in. And um, but if not, then like you do not have to listen to this podcast. You can turn it off. You don't have to. You don't have to. It's not. It's not your. It's not your job. Like, it's we don't have to listen to it. Um, but anyway, back to the rules, man. I'm. Yeah, so I saw that. And then uh, going into the uh, the weight limits, Eric, they changed the weight the weight limit from I don't know where where it was for this production based bikes. It was it was higher. I think it was three twenty, and they moved it back down to three ten on the on the weight limit only for like production bikes. So the Yamaha, Kawasaki, quote unquote, the XG yeah. as a production bike, but it's not a production bike quote unquote s and ten as a production bike yeah it's a quote unquote as well to it to an extent but yeah i uh i don't i don't know i don't really get that so much i mean i guess i know the g and g bikes eric when when we were running them they were probably right around like 300 pounds like without putting weight and we had to add weight to the bottom of them so yeah i mean I don't think that's, I don't think the riders that are on Indian motorcycle, I don't think they're stressing over the weight thing. I don't think this is a big deal. Are they still collecting data from uh, the bikes? I remember it was uh, last year, the year before that uh, teams were asked to give in, uh, give um, performance data from their, their bikes. Uh, so AFT could tinker. Are they still doing that? I don't know actually um so i wonder if maybe man from what i factor into it. from what i understand um i don't know if they work i don't know what teams they work with on these rules because i've talked to dude i talked to jared meese after these came out i was like hey man did you know this was coming he had no idea i mean the guy that just won the championship on indian motorcycle he had no idea i talked to gary gray this week from indian motorcycle he had no idea uh, I talked to some Yamaha teams. Uh, I didn't talk to S and Sim, but I've talked to some guys who with the Yamahas and they didn't know these rules were coming out. So on both sides of the deal, um, nobody, you know, they, I don't know who they communicate with and I don't know where they get their data from. I don't know who, who does any of that stuff, to be honest. Um, well, yeah, I'll throw the plot here. Why would you need, why would you need any, why would you need to reach out to anybody when in-house you have, Brian Smith and Chris Carr. That's all the information you could ever need. 
So uh, that's where they're getting their data from. Yeah, and I get that argument, but at the same time, um, yeah, at the same time, like Brian Smith and Chris Carr, they're not they're not investing into the series right now. They're collecting paychecks, so they're not putting their money into that. I know if I had a customer, uh, I mean, dude, I even reach out to people on what classes I should run at Winter Throwdown. I mean, I I try to scan the audience a little bit. I in Mini yeah. Cup, I I scan yeah. the audience. I try to see what fits best for you know the group of people that are coming because you want to like the whole idea behind this is to have a good fair racing series with good rider entries. And right now it's, you know, you can make an argument that we don't really have either of that. So yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know who they, uh, who they talk to. I could be wrong. They could reach out to a bunch of teams, but I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the ones I reached out to, they had no idea. So, uh, but back to the weight thing, I don't think that really matters too much. I don't think, that's an issue. I'm kind of curious why they changed it, why they brought it back down. Um, and why keep changing it back and forth? Like, even if I had a production bike that was 300 pounds normal and I do all the testing and, you know, I mount the weights and I make it heavier, why change it back one year later, 10 pounds? It's just, I just don't get it. Um, for these small teams, even taking weight off, it's kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, a lot of the stuff, yeah. the way you mount it, the way you test the bikes, the way the bike handles, 10 pounds is a big difference. Um, so even changing it back, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't understand, man. I, why change it back and forth one? I mean, uh, it was like the whole wheel fiasco when we were doing a bunch of different <sighs> wheels. I mean, dude, they were literally changing two pound wheel, uh, wheel pounds, like weight on the wheels by two pounds every fucking two months, it seemed like. Um, and that's like when you get a wheel made, like Lowry and them, they do a good job now where you can add or take away weights from the wheels. But if you get a wheel made from somebody else, I mean, that's the weight of the wheel. I mean, you can take, you can change a little bit of the weight with heavier liners and things like that, maybe a pound, pound and a half. But uh, this will be good info for our Patreon wheel pod. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think changing that little, that little stuff, Eric, it's, it that the wheel or uh, the weight thing it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me so well and and two going back to the everyman you know like the privateer when they make those minute changes like that the amount of research and development you know that's going to have to go into um you know working with their rider getting you know getting on the bike and or you know there's just you don't have that resource so there's a lot of guesswork so it's just another cog in the machine of like you know putting you know the entire field kind of at a disadvantage when it benefits a few um it's kind of almost like aft specializes in that so I, yeah it's, it's really frustrating for you know you know maybe like from like sixth place down right so yeah i don't know probably yeah and i'm figured out yeah and i i really don't want to come on like make this a a venting pod i mean i know it's gonna be a lot of different things that i'm discussing but yeah i mean i'm trying to yeah. um, like on the other side of it like i guess maybe I guess maybe they're trying to help um, more production bikes. Maybe, maybe this weight rule does help the riders in the back more. Maybe it, uh, maybe there's some bikes that, I mean, the idea, a lot of people still hold on to the idea that there's a bunch of Kawasaki twins in people's garages. Cause if you look back five, six years ago, there were a lot of Kawasaki twins that were on the grid. I mean, we had, 50 riders at Springfield mile and things like that in the twins class. But 
I don't think the Kawasaki is the most competitive bike against what we have now. I sort of feel like they could be if there was development and if Ricky Howerton and those guys were developing, you know, still working on developing the bikes and things like that. But when you compare the Cali to the Yamaha, my biggest experience with those two, because they're both production bikes, similar parallel twins, it took a lot more with more high risk to make the Kawasaki competitive than it does the Yamaha. I think the Yamaha is way more, it's way more reliable and it doesn't take as much to make it competitive. The, the Yamaha comes stock as a 700 ish, I think right now where the Cali was a 650 and bumping that up with the different parts, like dude, the Kawasaki's broke a lot more than the Yamaha's do. So I think that argument you'd, you'd have to look at it, but I know I've heard that within like circles, like, Oh, there's a lot of Cali's. Why aren't they coming out? It's like, dude, yeah, I guess you could, you know, you could bring those Cali's out just to fill the main event, but they're not going to run up front really. I don't think, um, but maybe that's no. And to give a special shout out to scooter, I think he was kind of one of the lone Rangers on the Cali this year that had some, you know, some limited success. I know, uh, one round he was on a KTM, but I think all the other times that he rode this season, he was on a, a Kawasaki twin and, you know, he had some success. So shout out to him and his team for, for getting that done. Cause yeah, like in the current rules landscape, it's not, that's not a bike that's easily put into a main event, even if there are 14 bikes. So uh, yeah, if you can get it done, congratulations. Well, I think on TTs, absolutely. I think you could ride a, you could ride anything on a TT cause it's just, that makes it, it's just different <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. Especially cat, like around like, dude, he was good. He he had really good speed at Castle Rock. I was impressed, but um, that's just such a, I mean, it, did he, I don't think he rode Peoria. I, I think that if you rode a, a subpar ish twin, I mean, his twins are probably good, but I'm comparing them to like a, comparing them to the, the ones out front. I think they would struggle more at Peoria, just faster type of track yeah. but yeah. something like castle rock is cool because yeah it lets it lets dude i mean like it was wasn't he on a hooligan but i mean the whole yeah it's it more bikes do well yeah. on yeah. tracks like that so uh going into um a couple more of the, the four rules that they waited months to come out with uh the the next <laughs> the next rule is liquid cooled engines may not exceed 800 cc it used to be 900 cc which i thought was the dumbest fucking thing um i i get i the whole ktm thing this is kind of they're taking they're going from the 890 ktm now the 790 and i don't know the exact cc's what it what is it eric is so, it 890 and 790 or what is it it is and so and i and if i'm and if i'm remembering correctly everybody you know we all jump on board of like you know sticking knives in AFT for this rule, but, and, and I could be, you know, wrong on this, but what I've been told is that it's actually because KTM is uh, essentially getting rid of the 890 and they're going to the 790 for the, you know, like what they're going to start selling. So AFT is going back to the 790 uh, because that is going to be a bike that's continued into production. And um, if that is true, if that information is correct, I suppose I understand uh, why AFT decided to make that because, you know, like you were saying with the Yamaha uh, running around 700 and then you can make the, um, you know, the Cowie into that ballpark. And then so you have your 790. So those production bikes would put them all kind of in the same ballpark. Um, but 
you know, to the um, untrained eye, it kind of like, okay, why would you let the 890 run for one year and then cut it? But from what I've been told, it's because KTM themselves are cutting the 890. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think it matters really because the 890 compared to the 790 KTM, it was a, pretty much every rider that had both or tried both, they liked the 790 better. So, um, yeah, the 890 was... Well, wasn't it Rispoli that had the 890 and basically uh, almost won it? Won it yeah, won, yeah. Uh, what was that? He did. That was at the Red Mile. He had a really good ride that the day. And the rules packages yeah. were a little bit different. And yeah, it was okay. it was different for sure. But I'm going off of Breyer and Bronson and those guys. Um, the majority of those riders, mm-hmm. they, they like the 790 better. So I... I I don't know. I honestly think this rule was initially made because they wanted the they wanted to give the Yamahas or the Cowies an ability to stretch the CC limit, but nobody really runs anything higher than a 750 that I know. I know a few of the Cowies they they dabbled a little bit up to the 800 CCs, but like I know the G&G bikes like they're always 750s. So the bike Colby got fourth on. Well, in your last year too you kind of, um, I can, I mean, you could tell me I'm wrong, but like your last year, there were some big tracks that like, you know, the, and I know this production, but some of those bigger CC bikes just pulled you. And then, you know, on the ones that were a little bit more tuned for the G and G bikes, you, you, you did better. So do, do you, do you think that that could have played a little bit into it of just kind of making the bikes a little bit more even across the board or what, what, what was your, uh, the only, on the only bikes that really pulled me on the miles were, were the the XG, which that okay. thing got out of hand. I, I think that's a really underrated bike. I think that bike could do very well in the Super Twins class. It's very capable of winning that Vance and Hines bike, especially their, yeah, because they were able to bump them up to 900. Like, I think they could get those really close. I don't know the exact CC limit. I don't have any inside knowledge, but I know for a fact mm. from 21 to 22, the XG was so much faster. Um it was it was very hard to race that bike on the miles. Uh, Janice rode the shit out of it, but man, that thing, that thing was like I said, quote unquote production. It was, dude, it was very very good for uh, for what they had. But I, as far as the Yamahas go, um, I don't think there's a a great viable option or an easy option to make them bigger than seven fifties. I know I'm certain Essenson has has bigger CC bikes, but it's just very, very hard for other teams to do that. And then just, and again, it's going back to the weight limit thing. It's changing it back and forth. I mean, a lot of times I feel with American flat track, what they do is they, they don't do a lot of testing prior to making these rules. Um, They don't really reach out to all the teams or enough teams. They sort of make a rule based on what they think is going to happen and then when something doesn't work out according to plan, they sort of bandage things. Um, you know, like that goes back to the whole, the the wheel weights. Like, okay, well, let's give them this. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, well, let's take two pounds off. Oh, shit, let's give them three pounds. Well, let's give production bikes this and race bikes this. And dude, it's fuck, it's a lot. I just think they should, you know, if you gather- Remember last the- year, they, uh, they gave- uh- a one millimeter of uh space back on the restrictor for Jared. And then uh, we'll, we'll get know, to that. I'm, yeah. That's going yeah. <laughs> We'll get to that. Yeah. So yeah, it's just changing, changing everything back and forth. It just seems like they're bandaging rules packages where if they did the data, they reached out, they figured it out. I mean, the KTM 
um, yeah, I mean, they just sent it. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then this, oh, well, this is, you know, it's just that then they backtrack. Um, with the Indian, like the Indian motorcycle, too, they really didn't. I mean, when that first, you know, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit, but when they brought that FTR 750 out, they just let Joe Cop run it at Santa Rosa without knowing pretty much anything about it. Never really, you know, there was data and <laughs> testing. Like I tested the bike prior to that, but it was so good. Um, I'm not saying one way or the other, the argument, but they just like, oh yeah, sure. Like there's a, there's, he was the only one that could get the bike and they just, they sent him out there. So yeah, I just, I just, well, think, I do um, know that this, they, so in talking about like kind of, how they gather information. I forgot to say this earlier that I do know that the nicest guy in the pits, Shelby Miller, um, Chris Carr reached out to him uh, this season was like, Hey, what's it going to take to get you out every round? So I think that is kind of the way that they go about gathering their information is kind of asking writers. But I mean, you know, and, and Shelby was like, Hey, this, this ship sailed on me. I got a real job. Like I got kids. I mean, you need to be asking some of these other more, you know, riders that you want out onto the pits, you know, like the Brandon prices and stuff like that, like ask them. So, um, I mean, they are attempting to do their due diligence, but, um, I, mean, I don't know if that's, that's going to be enough at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's cool. They reach out. Like they definitely should. Um, I mean, I reach out to people that I don't see yeah. signing up for winter throwdown. I'm like, Hey, why, are you coming? Why, why, why not? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm ruthless. I just, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's good, but I, um, yeah. So going back to this 800 CC thing, I don't know, man, I, I don't think they should keep changing it. Um, I could get into a deep dive on displacement. Cause I, I think we should all be similar in displacement. Um, but we're just yeah. in a weird, a weird time with twin racing, I guess, but yeah. So that's, uh, that's the one thing, um, we'll get to the restrictor thing here in a minute uh dude there's literally two more rules um so for the singles technical rules the aftermarket or okay so you have to run i don't know it's just funny the way they word these it's just i could just see the people writing these and just they they like write this all out they word it they're like just really proud of it but uh um Stock type clutches with back torque limiting capabilities are mandatory at all half mile and mile events. So I think they were mandatory at every, every race. I think that's what the rule was prior. So like slipper clutches or things of that nature, recluse hints in, but now it looks like they're just mandatory at half mile and mile events. Um, do you know if that's what, that's what that is? Cause I think they were mandatory at all. That's at the way all. that I, yeah, that's the way. I interpreted it again. I was chuckling when you said that because I thought it was a really, really odd way to word that, um, that, that, that rule change, but <laughs> the yeah, next that's sentence the way that is, I'm interpreting. Dude, the next sense is pretty good. It's the clutch mechanism must provide a decoupling capability in the event of a catastrophic engine failure failure and be designed to prevent the rear wheel from locking up. If the engine stops turning unexpectedly, um, approved products, Include slipper clutches or anti-stalling centripetal <laughs> mechanisms <laughs> from OEM or aftermarket manufacturer. Manuf I'm just fucking. I'm just kidding. Uh, recluse, instant <laughs> STM, 
uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, all right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I everybody has them now, so I don't see the difference. And if you're going to man, yeah. if you're going to make a mandatory at half miles and mile events only, what the fuck does that save? If guys are going to do the whole series, they have to have them. They have to have them for some of the races. So why make it? So there's an option to take them out. Like, and everybody runs them anyway on TTs pretty much to avoid wheel hop and, what do you, that leaves what Daytona is the short track. Um, maybe Sonoya, I guess that's considered a short track. Uh, I don't oh, know yeah. how, I don't know how that's considered a fucking you short get into track. that. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that debate on what, uh, what's considered, what do you consider a short track? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anymore. All I know is, is I, I, when I won, I think I won Atlanta. That was like my first short track when people like say, I can't ride a short track. I'm like, listen, motherfucker. I just won Atlanta. It's a short track. It's like a huge short track. I think I've ridden <laughs> half miles that are smaller than Atlanta, but then I went on and I won Daytona. So then I was like, all right, fuck you guys. That's definitely a short track. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, cool. I guess that's if guys are only doing short tracks and TTs, it saves them some money if they don't want to do it. But again, I mean, we have short tracks that are bigger than half miles. So uh, yeah, if you're going to make mandate them on half miles, well, I, I don't know. See, I just don't get these rules. I just don't, I, I would love to sit in on the, um, like the reasoning behind it. And I've been, I've had conversations with like David McGrath where I've asked him a question and he tries to explain it to me. And, you know, they're so certain on the explanation. And I'm, I listen, I'm like, Hmm, it don't make much sense, but yeah, it's, uh, like, I just don't, I don't really get, I don't get the, get that really. Um, why not just have them the way they are at, at all of them? Pretty much everybody runs them anyway. So, or they had to at least. So yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, it's, where... a, it's a, it's just a power flex. They just want you to remember who's in charge. Right. So they just little, little fine tuning of the, the rules, just to give you a little wink and a pat on the butt to, Hey, we're in charge. Right. Is that, is that what they're doing? I guess. Uh, yeah, maybe I, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, I don't work here. <laughs> um yeah so that was the other rule uh something else i don't really even know what this means i'm just being fucking perfectly honest it says radiator shroud side panels and rear fender with stock and then this is the red line it starts now or aftermarket replacements that replicate oe shape dimensions and mounting orientation of that model year so it's saying it must replicate i i just there must have been something like an issue where this this is brought up, but basically it says that ra yeah. uh, radiator, radiator, whatever, radiator shrouds, side panels, and rear fenders must be like stock shape dimensions. But I don't, I didn't see anything that told me otherwise. Maybe that's maybe with like Triumph getting them. I don't know. Maybe there's a, a bike that we don't. I don't know. I I didn't see that being an issue. I don't know. I didn't think I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, see I'm trying it. to go through any all of the 450s and i don't know if there was any bike that was like you know putting fucking night front you know night fucking uh fiberglass seat on it with like two you know what i'm saying like i yeah i i, <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't know i don't recall any bike out there that was uh you know a 450 looking like a framer so yeah right on um all right well that's cool going to the next one here this is the last one really it's the Race-only engines will be required to utilize AMA Pro Racing-issued intake restrictors with a circular ID of 34 millimeter at all events. So 
Last year, they gave them 35 mil at, was it half miles and miles or was it just miles? I'd have to look that up. I think it was, I think it was both. He got, yeah, he, no, it was uh, TPs and miles, if I'm not mistaken, that they were able to, you know, get a little bit more uh, cushion for the pushing. No, uh, it wasn't uh, that. Shorter tracks. Was it that? Let me look it up. Yeah, I want to look it up. Why was it no, TTs? They, well, either way. Why would it be TTs and miles? I don't know. Is that what it was? I could have swore it was the TTs and the miles. And really? The half miles and short tracks, they had to go back. That doesn't, that's weird. Well, I mean, we all know Jared, uh, Jared Meese sucks on TTs, right? That's the narrative. So they had to give him all the uh, help he could get. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look here. Keep talking. I'm going to look and see. Uh... Okay, well, we'll just go ahead and call that rule. Either way, whatever you find, it's the Jared Meese rule. Uh, and it's, uh, we live in a, a, yeah, a time where people are actually rooting for Jared Meese for once. It's weird. Um, it's I'm not rooting for Jared. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, restrictor plates, maybe. What the? Uh, how do I find this? Here? It was in the. It was a technical. No, I know, but they the changed middle. it. Like it had to be changed on the. Had to be changed on the uh, yeah. the rule book itself. I don't know. I know for a fact on miles. On miles, uh, let me text somebody mm. and ask. I don't. Know. I'll just. I know on miles for sure. It it, it was changed, and now they changed it back because Jared won every mile, well, but. You- I <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, after Jared, I didn't see a lot of... Text Ben Singleton. Who? Oh, does he know? He'll get it. Ben. No, dude, he's like, he waits by his phone. He he lives with that thing on his hip. So, and he's he's corrected me more than once, but I have an awful memory. So Ben Ben is the one that would know. Yeah. I just he's texted kind of the, Jared. Uh, all things rules, kid. I, check, I texted okay, me. Well, oh, he texted me back right away. Does what Jared a guy. know how to read? Wow. Oh, he, he can read. Oh, hey. read. Uh, <laughs> I said, uh, what was it? Was it miles and TTs or miles and half miles? AFT listening, they're probably like, who oh, fuckers don't even, they don't even know what the rule was. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We're figuring we it don't. out. We know it was on miles last year. It was, uh, it was 35s. It was just miles. He Remember said. That, uh, really? Okay. 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 Yeah, that well, makes sense. Way, they took it back. No more fun for him. I don't think that affects Jared at all. I think that was uh, it was miles and TTs. Sorry, you're right. 34, 35 miles and TTs, 34 everywhere okay. else. Okay. So as someone who's married, I want you to know how special that made me feel. So thank you for saying that I'm correct and giving <laughs> me that little nugget of a win. Uh, my wife is... Uh, uh, in the hotel room right now, flipping me off. So, thank you for making me feel wonderful today. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't, he's still typing, Jared. He said 35 a mile on TT, 34 everywhere else, and he's got three dots going. Fuck, I just, yeah, I should, we just should just call him in, well, see he, what his thoughts are. Um, well, he's, uh, he's got to run his text by Kristen to, you know, ty- uh, make sure he didn't have any typos. He's <laughs> still checking it. <laughs> Um, I don't think this really affects Jared that much, man. I mean, I think it will a little bit, but I mean, they figure it out. Like he won miles with, with the previous rules prior to 35. So I, I don't know. Um, I think that the intent here was to, 
Go ahead. Yeah, I think the um, <laughs> he's funny. He's texting me. I think the intent was because Jared won all the miles. I think the intent was to. Oh shit, Meese just won all the miles. We got to halt that back. But I really didn't see. I'm trying to think if the other riders, if it was noticeable, I'd have to look at the results really to see if it made a difference, but it's not like they were, I think B Rob at the coin, maybe he was battling for that, yeah. for that win, but that was a rider's track and Brandon's a pretty good miler. Uh, I don't think this really, I think this cool. just hurts the privateer Indian motorcycle riders. It doesn't really, yeah. It's not going to affect me that much. Um, it just sucks for everybody else. That's they're trying to to make it work with the restrictors on the Indian motorcycle. And yeah, I, I think it hurts the privateers. I think they were trying to do something with me, but realistically it's, he's going to be fine either way. This just kind of yeah. just hurts the privateers more so. Yeah. And the, the quietest man in the pits, Davis Fisher was even popping up online, you know, like, you know, being completely honest and transparent and saying how, you know, that really sucks for their program going into next year. And, um, you know, hopefully the teams can, can figure it out. But when it comes to, you know, Jared and stuff, that, that's a, that's going to be a debate for years. And it's a great one where it's kind of like the Brady or Belichick, you know, is it, is it Jared or is it Kenny Tolbert when it comes to the miles? Right. Um, so it, yeah, that, that'll be a, Maybe let's put that one up oh, for it's, uh, debate it's on both. social media. It's both for sure. I mean, a lot yeah. of it is Kenny, man. I got to give Kenny a lot of credit, but <clears throat> I mean, Jared's won on. He's dude. He's won. He won championships with with Arm Brewster. I mean, he's it's just, it's the real. I mean, they're a good team. But I'm looking at results from Sacramento Mile. You had Jared Meese. He won Dallas. JD Colby three Yamahas. Then you had you know um, two Indian motorcycles. You had the two KTM's. Ben Lau, Jared Vanderkoy. That rule came out right before, like days before the, what was it, the Dallas? Uh, was it um, the race where like teams were? The first mile, I was oh. the first mile they came at. Was that prior to Redmond or was it prior to SAC? All I know is that the rule came out before Dallas. I mean, I'm looking here at the Red you Mile. To see if there were any miles. Yeah, Dallas, that wouldn't make a huge difference. But I'm looking at the Red Mile. It, um, Mies won. You had Dallas on a Yamaha, Briar on a KTM, JD on a Yamaha, Davis and Vanderkoy on Indian motorcycles. So it's not like, dude, it's not, it's not like they were. I mean, Mies was the only one really on the podium. I'm trying to and see. They here. had to, didn't last year they run all restricted on all rounds last year? Uh, sorry, let me just get through this. So Meese, yeah, and then at the coin, it was Meese and B-Rob. Like I said, I thought B-Rob rode out of a shell a little bit there. Um, It was a rider's mm -hmm. track. And then after Meese and B-Rob, it was, you know, Yamaha, KTM, Yamaha, Indian, Indian, KTM, Yamaha, Yamaha, Yamaha. I mean, there were only, there were only four, five Indians in that main event at the coin mile. Uh, and then let me go to, what was the other mile? Springfield. Springfield mile we had I should have been more prepared for this sorry guys I'm just uh curious on uh so B-Rob got on the podium the first day at Springfield mile but that track was sorry Jared it was really shitty um that was one of the worst Springfield miles I've seen so I don't think it's hard to really get a good indicator there on that but then going to Springfield mile two the track was much better 
And then you had Briar win actually and Meese and Davis. So yeah, I don't know, man. I just think, uh, I think that rule was kind of aimed at Jared, but, um, you know, what is it called when you, uh, you're shooting something, you actually, you, uh, accidentally hit, um, like your, your own person. It's like friendly fire or something. How's that? Friendly fire. Yeah. So it, uh, it sort of, you know, hurts the other riders more than I think it hurts Jared. Do you think it was really aimed at Jared or do you think it was aimed at Dallas? I'm putting my conspiracy hat on. Aimed at helping Dallas or aimed at hurting Meese? I think it was yeah. more aimed yeah. at hurting. I think it was, I'm, I'm, I don't buy into the the whole conspiracy thing with Dallas. Um, I really don't. Like, I don't, okay. I don't, nothing's told me that they like simply strictly mm-hmm. want Dallas to win. Um, I definitely don't think that <clears throat> that's the case, but I do think Meese okay. winning all the miles this year, I think they I don't know I think that spooked them because they gave that millimeter thing back to them but it was only Jared like none of the other bikes were really there's really good riders and good milers on Indian motorcycles B-Rob's one miles Davis is really good on the miles Vanderkoy is a good rider um and they really weren't in the mix to win B-Rob was um at the coin but otherwise man I'd yeah I don't know I don't really I don't really understand it to uh to change it back after after that. Look, just looking at results, it's uh, I mean, Meese maybe he shouldn't have won. Well, he didn't win the last race. Maybe that's why he let you know he, he said he let Briar win. LOL. Uh, maybe that's why because he he thought well I didn't win all the miles so why why should I get restricted? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he's like uh, um. Uh, the kid over in the Supercross doing the math in his head, letting Roxon win, right? That's what Jared was doing. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing. I like Jet Lawrence, but his he was so confident on the podium mm. with his math, and it was like, dude, you would have won regardless. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that was <laughs> that was. I like Jet, and that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, why would you yeah, ever don't. anybody get past? Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, so that they is. Don't, that's they, don't, it. Uh, they don't teach math in Australia. That's it. That's the uh, that's the rules. That's uh, that was the rules. That's it. That's the changes. So on the flip side of that, right? So I think we need to at least say, like, you know, reiterate, like, all right, I'm I'm glad that there's not a lot of wholesale changes going into next season, by and large, right? There's not a lot of insurmountable things for these teams. There's just a lot of nuances that are gonna once again cost a lot of money, um, but. Like, like what you were saying, like, what, why, why did it take so long to get these, these rules out? It just doesn't make any sense. And I, it just goes to, a, it just, it, again, it's the gray area that I've talked about multiple times on this podcast about where you can kind of, you know, get confused and, and not be put in the right direction. And, you know, it's just the AFT just needs to do a better job of being proactive with their communication and not, you know, you know, berate you uh, for reaching out to them and asking questions. There's multiple writers that, you know, have been completely open and transparent and say that when they ask questions, they get smart ass responses. And it's not, you know, that's not how a professional organization should run. So they can burn me at the stake if they want, but I'm just, that's, that's my opinion. And uh, I'm sticking to it. It's almost not even an opinion. It's factual. Like, I think if you're whatever, (laughs) I mean, what everybody does at the series, like they've been involved 
<clears throat> for a long time. They're friends with people that race or friends with tuners. Um, but when you're talking business, you're talking something like this, there's no sarcasm. Like there shouldn't be any sarcasm. Like people invest a lot of money yeah. into this. And <clears throat> I don't know, man, I just goes back to, I think I've talked about it before, but like people that work there, they just don't, they, um, they're getting their paycheck. They're getting, they're getting their income coming in, but it, it's not, they're not held accountable for stuff like this. Um, they just, yeah, there's really no accountability. Like the same people are there year after year after year. They, you know, the series could struggle mightily, but everybody, no one's held accountable. They just, Oh, it is what it is. Um, and you ask a question and you, yeah, you get, dude, you get berated. Like you said, um, with me at Middletown, I'm still pretty fucking annoyed with that. I mean, I, I was super calm trying to have a conversation with, with him and immediately just triggered that I, how dare you ask questions? Uh, it's like, you know what I mean? And it's just yeah. a bad fucking look and I'm just over it. Um, it's just frustrating that, I, you know, having friends and family in the series, it should, it should, should be different. And it's, it's not me. It's not just me. It's coming from, so many angles it's coming from team owners that i've talked to it's coming from riders i mean some of these team owners are heavily invested some of the nicest people ever so it's not a it's not a me thing or one specific person it's collectively when we we talk to the series man like show some appreciation for your riders and your teams that are investing so much money with very little return and it's yeah it's it shouldn't no, no question. I, I mean, I say it specifically at my, at, at my events, my riders meetings, no question is, is too stupid. And people come up, Hey man, I'm sorry to bother you. Dude, you are not bothering me. Like, this is my job. Yeah. This is what I do. No question is dumb. Like you can ask me anything. Well, I will. It comes you know. down to, you know, road, race promoters doing the same thing. So I wonder if it's almost like kind of like flat track, uh, specific where there's just that culture of, you know, blue collar, not very professional, I guess. I don't know where like, there's a lot of uh, promoters out there that they feel like they're doing you a favor by hosting a race. It's like, no, dude, like if it wasn't for my entries, you know, <laughs> your bills wouldn't be getting paid. So I'm doing you the favor. I, you know, so I've always had that gripe as well. So I don't know. Yeah. It's very, very yeah. common too. I mean, it's, it's yeah. actually almost it's that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted to do I wanted to promote races is because I was you know it's the promoters they're so grumpy and irritated and you talk to them and it's like man um I know you're tired it's a lot of work trust me I, I get it but I mean without these people coming like it you you're fucked um show some appreciation just for for people doing it imagine if nobody came to these races you know, it, it just, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, uh, you could say that exact same sentence to AFT. Imagine if no teams came back to 2024. Imagine if silly season was depressing. Well, half of them left anyway. Out. I mean, we're already <laughs> struggling with riders. Uh, it's funny now where, you know, we get 28 riders or 30 riders maybe at an event. It's like, yeah, it was a good turnout. I mean, now we're, if we get, if we get mid 20s, in the twins class, it's like, Oh, this is a, this is a good turnout. Um, dude. I mean, it's, 
Yeah. I, uh, again, I don't think we need, we don't need 60, 80 entries or a hundred entries like we used to yeah. have, but yeah. Yeah. we need, we need to be able to make the main event. Um, no offense to some of the riders, but some of those twins riders that are making these main events, they would never fucking make a main event if it was 10, 15 years ago. So mm-hmm. them, you know, I'm it's, the quality at the back of the pack is is very weak. I mean, back in the day, man, nobody was getting lapped in a main event. And now guys are getting lapped yeah. two or three times in main events in the twins class. So yeah, I just think yeah, we're in a we're in a weird spot. But um yeah, I mean I'm trying to look at things from both ends, but I really don't have much positive to say about it right now. Um there's no reason to be positive. <laughs> um so yeah. yeah, I'm just being honest. Uh sorry guys, I'm fucking whatever. Mm, but yeah, I mean it's uh I'm, I heard the schedule's coming out here soon. Uh I heard it's coming out within the next few days. I heard it was approved by whoever, Mr. Approver. Um and yeah, so I, we should have a schedule here soon. Um Wait. which would help. It would help. I know a lot of teams are they're waiting on talking with riders. They're waiting on making decisions to go racing. They're waiting. Um, you know, there's, I mean, I'm talking with sponsors for people and companies and nobody can give out numbers or do anything until they know how many races there are, where they're at, et cetera. So yeah, that's, that's just big on the sponsorship side of things. When you're going to these companies and you're trying to get money and you can't start building bikes until you have the money, you can't nothing. Everything is just halted um because we don't you know that the schedule is a lot more important than people think at this at that level you you just gotta know you gotta know you know what's going on really so you can get those sponsors to start your planning and preparation i mean it's been a month and a half now i mean a couple weeks afterward yeah let your hair down and you know just don't focus on racing for a week or so i guess but now it's a month and a half and we uh we need some so and you know the 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 the, the culture is going to be like well we released it around this time last year because the season ended you know around this time last year so what are you getting all you know your bandies in a bunch for but it's just again the season was over a month and a half ago right we're well into the silly season and there's just a lot of unanswered questions but don't don't give me that BS about this is what time you sent it out last year. Cause that's not going to fly. Like you guys ended the season earlier to give everyone more time, but we've essentially wasted this month and a half that you've given us because nobody could do anything. Cause we didn't have any information. So, and, and to these teams and to these riders without, you know, the, you know, the pertinent information, what, what the hell is the difference between ending it in September and ending it in October? I mean, it, you know, they're armed with the exact same knowledge um, that they would have last year if they had, they had the season went on a little bit longer. So I, I push back on that kind of uh, retort where it's like, well, this is what time it was given out last year. That's not, that doesn't fly. That's yeah. I'm poking holes in that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of my frustration is uh, is coming just from the state of the sport right now. I don't think the fans at home realize how bad it's gotten these last this last month with mm-hmm. riders losing jobs, mechanics losing jobs, crew chiefs, people oh. people in the sport are like 
they're scrambling now. Um, it's kind of getting worse and worse where a lot of these riders, they just don't have rides or, or anything going on. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the fans, you'll understand in the next few weeks, a couple months, but it's a lot of good riders that don't have rides and it's frustrating because how much it, the riders didn't do anything wrong, what they're doing, investing time. And I think the riders now are more dedicated than we've ever seen in the sport. I mean, they're training, they're moving to Florida in the winter. They're investing a lot of time and effort into their program and hiring video videographers and photos. And, you know, it's just a lot's going into it. And a lot of teams are, they just don't see the value and where the series is at right now. And it's sad. It's it just, like I said, it really bums me out and I'm, it's turned into frustration a little on my end where it sucks, man. Um, and now there's really like the singles class was good because a lot of guys were able to make money. A lot of the riders, there was big teams yeah. paying salary and bonuses and things like that, where these kids could actually, you know, they could, they could feel like they're, they're going to, be able to make money being a racer. Um, and now it's, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's the worst I've seen it in a long time. And then even the twins class, there's no, there's no twins rides. Like I know a couple riders who have won twins nationals that have nothing lined up for next year. And it's just crazy. It's, it's, I'm frustrated. It's frustrating to me. And yeah. So that's so earlier this season, we had talked about the, you know, like the nuggets of positivity that are coming from the series. And it's almost like every single thing that we had said, like, hey, this is, you know, there's, there's this, that, and the other that's going well. Over the last month, that just got chucked out the window. And, you know, obviously we have a little bit of insider knowledge that we don't, you know, we want to be respectful and stuff and don't share. Um, but there's about to be a whole lot of, oh, my God, that come out in, you know, the, the near future. And I uh, hope, hopefully people will be like, oh, now I understand why Eric and Corey were so goddamn negative. So. Um, I, I hope the shift can get righted over, uh, over the winter and into the spring. Um, I'm still holding out that positivity, uh, but yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, um, just felt like to come on and do a little rules pod. Um, this isn't going to be real long. Uh, actually how long are we in already? Yeah. It's longer than I thought for going over a couple rules, but yeah, generally speaking, uh, silly season as well it's like i mentioned it's it's not it's not great right now uh, a lot of riders are are looking for for rides and it's hard because they we don't have schedules so it's hard to really line up rides and stuff as well um so there just needs to be some urgency on that end from the series just yep. based on everything else so yeah i don't know man. i, I don't think have... the, once the season well i think once the schedule comes out a lot of the unknowns will fall into line. And I think the, the doom and gloom might lift a little bit, um, but the current trends right now are like, God damn. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some silly season moving around that will raise some eyebrows uh, as well when, when that comes public. So that's kind of cool. Um, so obviously not, you know, we're kind of being emo right now, but you know, there's definitely still some, some bright spots for our sport out there. Yeah. Yeah. We're being a little emo, I guess, but I mean, when you're, this is our job for people that they fans listening, it's, it's easy for them to say, Oh, they're just complaining. There's but dude, we're, it's, this is, this is our jobs. Like yep. we're heavily invested. Like this is our, our life. I mean, these riders, they don't get paid mechanics, things like that. They don't eat. 
Um, you know, so that's, this is their job. And you could say, Oh, well then you might have to get a quote unquote real job. It's like, yeah, dude, that's nice. A lot of these racers would probably almost prefer real jobs. Um, it's, it being a racer and people think it's the, you know, Oh, it must be nice, bro. What? Like every year you don't know what your, what your income is going to look like. Um, even riders that are crushing it. I mean, it's a grind to make feasible money to, pay off your house, feed your kid. I mean, people, riders have kids, man. So it's, it's, yeah. I mean, if you want to be a racer, it, if you think it's that easy, you want to like sign up, like nothing's holding you back from doing what the top racers do. Um, go invest in yourself. You guys went in production championships and then doing Amazon flex deliveries in the off season, you know, like <laughs> Jess, know. kudos to Jesse Janice for being so open and transparent. When that one person was like saying this, he's like, Dude, I work for Amazon in the offseason. What the hell are you thinking? Like, he works um, for, uh, you know, he's actually so. selling Harleys now at Adam Mac Harley, Harley oh. Davidson. And uh, oh, I think it's awesome. CP. Yeah, he's selling Harleys. He crushes it. So anybody wants a Harley, go see uh, go see our boy Janish. But yeah, no, what it's a salesman. Uh, like, that's awesome. Like, hey, I've got the resume. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, that's but that's the that's the truth behind it uh it's it's hard uh even when i you know i would win a i'd win a championship and you still have your deals lined up but nobody knows for certain uh and some of these paychecks are five ten twenty grand and if somebody just says no we can't do it next year that's 20 grand that's your salary that's the money you make so and just the risk to reward uh how how much the risk is and what they're what they're getting paid it, it never it never measures up but the fans it's, it's really easy to sit back and you know not understand that part of the sport not understand how crucial all this stuff is for these riders to to make money invest um you know it's like with with evan man he's turning pro next year and um you know the narrative for these kids coming up it's like always have a backup plan always go to school, do that. We don't have a backup plan right now for Evan. Um, to be successful in this sport, you have to be all in. Um, to be a champion, you can't be, you can't have a job and race motorcycles and win championships anymore. You have to be all in and invested. And you know, that's sort of our motto with with Evan. It's like, dude, no backup plan. Like we're you're gonna make it. It's you gotta want it. You gotta work hard. But damn, it's hard right now to you know, he doesn't have a ride or anything lined up and he literally just spent years and years of amateur racing, living in a van, you know, eating at truck stops, uh, wins a horizon award, you know, trains his ass off for a 15, 16 year old kid. And there's nothing like, there's no glimmer of hope right now. Uh, and it's frustrating for me. It's frustrating for, you know, other people as well to, uh, to see where we're at. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully it gets better. It's not for lack of effort on the riders' parts, and we'll see where the off season goes. But right now, it's uh, it's not too good, guys. It's not too good on the no. on the on this side of the fence from from the riders and teams. It's uh, it's tough. But yeah, so anything else really going on? I mean, we got Winter Throwdown coming up in November, December. It's like what two and a half months, I hope ish. Is it three? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh wow. Yeah. I thought it was farther. God damn. No, yeah. not really. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're kind of right <laughs> around the corner with Winter Throwdown. We've 
been getting a lot of entries wow. on this one. This one's going to be good. I feel like we have our second annual one V one throwdown. Uh, we had it last year and there's a lot more hype with it this year. Now that people kind of saw what it is and we're changing the rules around a little bit on that, Eric, I don't know if you saw, but uh, last year we did top 16 from qualifying made the bracket this year. We're going to do top 14 from qualifying and then we're going to have a six rider LCQ. So the riders that qualify 15th through 20th, we're going to have a six rider LCQ and the top two will make the bracket. So we're going to do a little LCQ race. Uh, I think that would be exciting. Just a, a last mm -hmm. chance qualifier to make the bracket. I think that'll be dicey. So, so we're doing that. And then we are one V wanting it. We're going to last year. If you had the higher seed, you picked your starting spot first every time for this year or this coming event, we're going to do higher seed. We'll pick first. The lower seed will pick second. And if it goes into the third race, the higher seed will pick the third race. So it'll at least make it a little bit more interesting for the lower seed. They might get a better um, starting spot for that, for that one V one. But that was, that was big, man. And, uh, we're working on trying to get a live stream package together for it. I, I didn't even want to bring it up because I it's not a high priority for me. I'd like to do it, but it has to make sense on my end as the promoter. Um, if I were you guys, Patreon. I would make, Boom. make the <laughs> well, I need a production team. But yeah, I would make the trip to yeah. to Callahan, Florida, uh to to be a part of it. It's a really, really fun event for not so much fun for me, but it's it's fun for everybody that comes. Uh and then <laughs> Friday and Saturday, the 12th and 13th, we have the AMA Major National Championship Series at uh, the Winter Throwdown. So that'll be cool. We're doing some things different with the schedule this year that I think will be will be an improvement. And then we will always have Sunday open as a rain date. And then the cool thing about my date this year, kind of why I made the date the second week in January, you have, uh, I think it's Martin Luther King Day is on Monday. So you have a full day to, another full day to get back for for work and school. Cause I think everything's closed on Monday. So yeah, you can make a big weekend out of it, but it also gives us, um, oh. some, uh, leverage on the schedule where not everybody's going to be rushing to get home. So I yeah. was today years old when that two and two clicked for me on Martin Luther King day. Cause I like already have been doing some like planning to like how to get down there and like, I was going to have to take work off on this day, this day. And then, oh, hell yeah. This <laughs> made my day better. That's awesome. I forgot about that. Yeah. So hopefully that eases the traveling a little bit for, pe for people traveling far away. Because honestly, I would say 90% of our riders are traveling more than two hours to this event. It's a destination race. And it gives people yeah. an opportunity to not feel rushed to get home. And thankfully, we've been pretty good on weather. But obviously, anything can happen. And we do always have Sunday yeah. as a rain date and we'll make adjustments. We'll be efficient as the best we can. And uh, I know last year it downpoured on the Wednesday night yeah. before the one V one. And literally the infield was a lake. It was Lake Callahan and I was stressing and yeah, we got it in and track was good. It was a lot better. And every year we get better with track prep. It's hard with that many bikes to, to keep it prepped and smooth, but that's part of the reason we're doing group one and group two this year. Uh, group one is like the kids open novice vintage. We're going to run them in the morning. We're going to prep the track a little bit more hard packed for the kids. And then, uh, for the afternoon evening show, we'll, uh, we'll regrade it, um, prep it. We have one of the best, like our grader guy is so good. He's, he can literally grade the whole track in like 30 minutes and he's good at it. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll keep it prepped, keep it good. And, some really good racing, a lot of, a lot of big, big ride, big names and 
teams and they show up. So uh, we'll keep working hard on winter throwdown. If you have any questions on that, hit me up. Easy to find on social media. Check out the website, CoreyTexerPromotions.com. There's a Google Doc that you can sign up now. It's a lot easier than printing out the form. You can go on there. And um, if you click the winter throwdown page on my website, there's a little tab for uh, the sign up. And you can click on that, sign up. And it's a lot, lot easier than we've done in the past. So, so we've got to figure out a way to incorporate some form of bracketology. Like, you know, um, you know, March Madness, you got all these brackets and stuff. We got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, bring Vegas to Callahan. So I don't, well, I don't know what the powwow on that one. See if we can't uh, see who's got the, uh, who comes out with the most uh, correct bracket or something like that. That'd be kind of cool to chuck that into the program. Would be cool, but it's hard because pretty much when the bracket's done, we're, we're on the track in 15 minutes. Like we're pretty oh. efficient. Yeah. But oh, okay. Yeah. You, uh, it would be, it would be cool. That's, That's cool. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I think last year we did the like the flat track, uh, the Pick'em website that a friend of mine does. We we had okay. you could pick like yeah. the top three for the for the bracket. So maybe we'll do something like that. It would be cool, really cool to do do something like that. I mean, I guess everybody would just have to be on standby and quick fill out their bracket in fifteen minutes. So I, I don't know how it would work. If anybody has any thoughts on that, hit or me you on. could just. Yeah, or just any pro that is uh, entered, you know, it's like, hey, this is uh, 45 pros that are coming. You say who's going to make it and who's going to be in what bracket. So, yeah, I could figure that out. And then, I don't know. So, you're running open novice on uh, in group one. I've got one knee. I might have to I might have to run open novice and just see if I can make it in uh, with one kneecap. So, it'll be good. Yeah, I mean, for some people, you can ride. Like, if you ride open novice, then you can sign up and ride you know, open amateur in the afternoon. Like the only thing with open novice, I don't want, I don't want badass amateurs, uh, like the Evan Renshaw's Walker Porter's like guys like that. I don't want them in open novice. And if you podiumed open novice last year, I don't really want you in open novice again. It's sort of like a, like a starter class, but yeah, I mean, there's people, I have people that ride their hooligan in open novice. I I mean, you you can ride multiple classes. if I'm racing, I would do it for seat time. Like say you're focused on hooligan, yep. but you want another class to check the track, check gearing. Um, I think the more classes you ride, obviously I'm going to sound biased as a promoter because of entry money, but I think it, it really helps you stay sharp. Um, last weekend at Shellhammers, I only wanted to, I only wanted to do the Ryan Varnes race. It was like a special class, but I wrote open a as well to better myself for that class, kind of check gearing, um, the more you're on the track, you can see when the track is changing and you can make adjustments and kind of put that toward the class you're most focused on. So, yeah, I think that's a, a, it's a good option as a racer. So, um, but yeah, if you have any questions on what classes to ride or anything like that, hit me up. It's submission foods winter throwdown presented by whole shot power sports. Really, really excited for that. So yeah, this was a good pod, man. Actually. uh, I know it's not going to, a lot of people aren't going to be stoked on it. Probably it's certain, areas of the sport but it's nothing personal at all i just uh yeah i just wanted to get some insight out there and talk about a little bit we're going to get another patreon pod out here real soon our decals from american racing design are getting printed uh they're getting shipped and we will send them out to you guys everybody who subscribed Mm -hmm. to the patreon um i'm going to have eric between me and eric we'll reach out and get your addresses and we'll ship those decals out. They're really cool, man. They've, uh, they turned out really cool. So 
it's another perk of uh yeah i gotta give rory uh, a, a shout out for those designs like you know if you don't know who rory is from american racing design he's done a lot of, of kind of the flashier helmets uh that riders have um had done uh, i know cole zabala has got a, a killer one uh, bronson has another one uh, there's just so many riders that you know he's started to do in this uh in the sport uh, all the Turner, uh, Turner racing, uh, kids this year had it. Um, you know, he's, he's just a killer guy with a, you know, a sweet eye for, uh, stuff. And so I reached out to him. I was like, Hey, we're trying to get some, uh, you know, novelty decals for the, for the Patreon pod. And so I just gave him some ideas of like, you know, learned a lot, trust the process, chase and set up. And he absolutely nailed it. And every time I see those designs, I bust up laughing. Um, so definitely if you're on the fence about signing up for the Patreon, definitely, do it and get those decals and you can uh, laugh while you're learning a lot and chasing setup. <laughs> yeah. We had a couple of people reach out about some more merchandise. We had our two, our two volume shirts that we did. Uh, it's been a while, man. It's probably been a year and a half, probably since we've done a shirt, almost probably maybe two years. And I, I still see the shirts at the races. And I, I personally thought the shirts were rad, but we had people reaching out on some more apparel and, um, if we get enough interest, I'll do shirts, but I'm just not, I'm not a big merch guy. I don't like getting stuck with shirts. I'm actually going to do like, I have a bunch of, uh, of cruises shirts and escape the Berg and a couple winter throwdown stuff from over the years. I'm going to do a, like a black Friday sale on my social pages where I'm going to just sell these, sell these shirts for really cheap and try to get them all out there. Cause I just hate being stuck with merchandise, um, for racers, man, it's, you never really make money with merch, um, but by, you know, all your buddies want one for free and merchandise now is so expensive. <laughs> yeah. Like I got some hats, like tried to um, quote, quote some hats. I wanted some new CTR hats for like the kids I train and Trent heaven and stuff like that. Dude, it, they're expensive. I mean, you used to be able to get, yeah. you used to be able to buy shirts for like 15 years ago. I'd get a shirt for $6 a shirt or six fifty a shirt printed and, and everything and now to get a good shirt it's like 15 dollars a shirt man by the time you get it printed and yeah, yeah. design, and then you throw your design into it because you pay a designer and and then you only order about 50 of them or 100 you don't really order that many <laughs> shirts because everybody's stuck with them and like guys yeah. we would have more merch if people supported them um you're going to be buying clothes anyway if there's any riders out there or events teams anything buy their shirts, buy their merch. Um, in 20 years, you're going to look back on it. And even if you buy it and just hang it in your closet or fold it up, um, you look back, man. On, I try to save one shirt of every design brand new and put it in a drawer. And uh, 20 years from now, it'll be cool to kind of have that stuff. So yeah, support people that are doing the merch thing. Cause it's not fun. It absolutely sucks. So um <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then PayPal and Venmo and shipping and blah, blah, dude, it's just a pain. It's a big, it's a big, everybody job. gets their cut and that goes into the profit that you're losing. And yeah, oh, at the yeah, end of the day, after like three bucks and a, yeah. 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 The hassle at the end, it's, <laughs> it's whatever. But I uh, want to make sure we shout out the sponsors once again, our title sponsor, Mission Foods. Shout out to you guys for supporting the podcast, Bell Power Sports, Yamaha Motorsports, and Yamaha Racing, Indian Motorcycle. Appreciate the whole crew at Indian Motorcycle for, supporting the podcast they're fans of the sport and uh we we love what they're doing in racing and across the board flat track moto america super hooligan racing everything else moto america we appreciate everything they're doing for our podcast if you can they have their 24 schedule out plan a race 
subscribe to their live plus package in advance. And, and, uh, yeah, they have, you know, Daytona is the first event. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Dunlop motorcycle tires and roof systems at Dallas, Texas, Jerry Stinchfield, everything he does for the sport. Uh, that's a wrap, man. I ain't got much else. Um, hopefully you get back yeah. to Washington and get to watch yeah, your, your kiddo race. Podcast, yeah. By the time this podcast comes out, I hope to God I'm not in Minnesota. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Isn't that where, uh, who's from Minnesota? Is that where Prince is from? Isn't he from Minneapolis, Prince? Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, so, yeah. Good music comes from here. I don't have a problem with Minneapolis and, you know, Twin Cities. Joe Maurer, hell of a baseball player that, you know, plays with the Twins and stuff. It's cool. It's great. I just don't want to be here right now. Speaking of baseball, man, Phil's are looking good. Phil's are looking good. You watch, uh, who are you rooting for now? There's what? The Phil's and Diamondbacks, and they got, it's, uh, oh. Astros and no anybody anybody but the Astros that's that's my uh take on baseball um you know Bryce Harper is kind of annoying but he also does it old school style a little bit so I I I dig the flair um and so I have to I you know I suppose I feel sorry for you and Julian being from the area so I guess just a soft spot I'll root for the Phillies um, I've always been a Phillies uh, guy yeah, yeah. back to uh, when like Lenny Dykstra, John Crock, Darren Dalton, like the 93 Phillies. I'll never forget that. But uh, I mean, obviously yeah, now biceps. Yeah. Right now. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Royals fan, right? I got to support my, my boy Brady, yep. but they're uh, know, they went like 20 and 120 this year. So they were, had a, had a tough season. Trust the but, process. Yeah. I, I agree, man. I, uh, I agree, but no, it's the Rangers and the Astros, and and then the Phillies and the um, Diamondbacks. It's kind of a weird, it's a weird. Uh, so final I'll say that four. I'm rooting for the yeah the National League. I don't I don't like any one of those. But here's the deal: why I don't want the Texas Rangers. And again, big baseball nerd. That's where Dayton Moore, who is the GM for the Royals during all their good years, that's where he went off to. So and he's taken all of his stuff right there, and they're already back almost on the doorsteps of the the world series so i there's no way in hell i can root for him so yeah it's crazy i just looked um justin verlander for the astros he's 40 years old i didn't realize he was that old he's crushing it but yeah man it's uh it's gonna be cool it's uh i I like baseball it's it's still pretty wholesome for the most part you know a lot of these other sports it's absolutely they get really political and i like baseball it's pretty pretty wholesome for the most part uh so yeah Mm -hmm. anyway Good pod, man. Thanks, uh, everybody, for listening. Subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Give us a follow on social media. That's it. Till next time, we out.